Hello and welcome to Talking Events, the event industry podcast brought to you by Event Industry News, being recorded today from the Ticket Script offices um, in the heart of London's Silicon Roundabout district. Uh, a big thanks to uh, the guys at Ticket Script for hosting the Talking Events studio uh, today to allow us to record this latest series. Um, today's episode, we're going to be looking at how our venues or how venues are changing to attract creative events. Joining uh, the podcast today from Central Hall, Westminster, we have Lucy Ray. Good morning, Lucy. Morning. And from Sadler's Wells, Kelly McGibney. Thanks for joining us, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Um, let's start by talking a little bit about your individual venues, first of all. So, Lucy, l- l- let's go with you, first of all. Tell us a little bit about the venue and, in, in, in a nutshell, what it offers people. Yeah, so we are Central London's largest conference venue. And we have a 2,400-seater auditorium, along with 27 other various rooms, and we cater for all sorts of events um, within the area. Excellent. Um, Kelly, Sadler's Wells. Sadler's Wells uh, is actually the second oldest theatre in London, uh, the oldest being the Old Vic. And uh, there's been a theatre on the site since the late 1600s, and we have three theatres. Uh, the main house is 1,500 seats uh, in Islington. We also have a... Um, 1,000 seater in Hoburn and we also have uh, a 200 seater studio space as well as all the front of house spaces as well so people normally don't think that you could have an event in a theater or in a front of house space but they could be surprised. So uh, two um, very distinct venues both in London uh, both offering maybe slightly different spaces Mm -hmm. but nonetheless with the same uh, opportunities and Absolutely. and the same opportunities to change and develop to work with creative event organisers. Now when we look first of all at the subject of, of, of this episode, how are venues changing and attracting creative events? Before we push record, um, I did say to Kelly, well does that mean that events weren't creative before? Um, let's pick it up from there because your re- response was great and we'll use that as a start point for today. Um, yes, yeah, so well we've always attracted a certain kind of creative um, industry uh, a lot of charities, a lot of creative sector. However, what we're seeing now is we're getting a lot of non-creative industries or non-creative subject matter, but using the space to ignite creativity within the delegates. So you get a little bit more... Um, it's like an interactive exactly. event now. That, that change of yeah. conference has become quite interactive mm-hmm. and the use of technology within that. And I think maybe you guys are probably getting more conference sort of led things maybe that where you wouldn't have before because it's more creative. Yeah, we're getting a lot more of um, HR events where mm. they'll incorporate a bit of a performance aspect or they'll yeah. have, we had one um, event where uh, a Shakespearean, three, three-piece Shakespearean troupe came in and uh, started doing bits from Julius Caesar to talk about HR issues, which I thought was pretty interesting <laughs> because it doesn't end very well. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, we're seeing a lot more, um, rather than kind of straight PowerPoint events, we're getting people yeah. who are using the space to um, not only create events from the very beginning that are more creative, but to have their delegates think a little bit more outside yeah. the box. And it does promote that kind of thinking, being and in I a space. I think it's space. received quite well as, as well for the delegates that have done that conference you know sit there and look at the powerpoint and to change that up for them they suddenly become more interactive and more interested in the content of of the conference or the event itself so are we being misled a little bit in the sense that it's not necessarily the really really creative people who are becoming more creative actually the guys who used to run the the stiff conferences in the I hotel so, yeah. conferencing suite with the rows of chairs and a screen and a they powerpoint want and suits. A change they as want well. the change yeah, it's absolutely. these guys who are driving this this change absolutely yeah. yeah and how is that actually then changing the venues themselves because 
so from a venue operations point of view, what have you had to do to adapt to their their needs or what they're coming to you um, for? Is it the venue infrastructure that's changing? Is it using the venues to generate some of these creative ideas? Um, from our perspective, Sadler's Wells, it's actually using all of our strengths. Uh, so we're obviously a very theatrical venue. So when you have a conference in a theater that can literally make it rain on stage, <laughs> it's really fun because we can have um, not only just entrance music and corporate colors and gobos, but we can be really dramatic and really fun for yeah. an HR conference, uh, which you normally don't necessarily get. And you know, these guys are, are, are stage techs, for example, are mega trained and they really love being creative and we have several um meetings with um, our clients you know up until yeah. the, the day itself and um some people go with it and some people don't but um more often than not uh, we have lots of follow-up uh, meetings where yeah. people get a little bit more and more um, ambitious with what they want to deliver. I think from our point of view, because we're seen as, as quite a traditional, it's it's almost the polar opposite from oh, really? you guys. It's it's the creative use of that space mm -hmm. within particularly the Great Hall. It's a 21 metre high ceiling. We've been doing things with projection mapping that are, you know, oh. on the dome itself, which look fantastic and, and really draw people in. And, you know, working alongside our partners, White Light, who are our production partners, and they have specific texts, like you say, that, you know, one is, is okay with uh, fashion shows. The other one will do the, the tech conference with the, the big LED screens. And I think it's just looking at the space you have and, and seeing the new things that you can do within that to get that creative new aspect to that event. Um, when we're talking about the, 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 you mentioned gobos and some of the, the, the actual production elements of, of an event, is there a, a trend from these non-creative industries to search for venues that are not necessarily blank canvas where they've then got to bring all of their own production in? Mm. Is there a trend towards finding venues that have a lot of that in-house or available yeah, in-house tape to alleviate that little bit of pressure from them? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. They love the one-stop shop aspect yeah. of, of the venue and um, certainly from our perspective we have one person who takes care of the client from you know, initial sales to the delivery of the event. Um, so even though we have you know 20 different people in various departments working on the event, they only have one point of contact and they really appreciate that because it can be quite daunting when you have yeah, so much available yeah. um, and you need to sift through and say, well, actually, that's too expensive or you really don't need that or we really encourage you to have this, um, you know, Lights, for example, are one of the cheapest ways to make yeah. your event look really, really special. Mm -hmm. And we can do we can do all of that in house, which is really good. Yeah, and it's it, it's like what you're saying. It's that all under one roof. And with our partners based in building, I mean, mm -hmm. from our our venue point of view, you know, it's pretty much got that creative wow factor from the outset. We're the second highest self-supporting dome in the world, and you know. It's, it's that kind of look and feel of grandeur. And when you go in the staircase, you know, that leads off and the reception area. So I think for us, it's they see that that's already got that character inbuilt in the venue, as it were. And then, like you say, the people that really know that venue well will take that and, mm -hmm. and you know, work with them to, to create an event for them, to nurture them, to, to say, you know, what are your ideas? And we will come back and feed that to mm -hmm. say, well, yeah. how about using the space differently like this, reversing, mm -hmm. say, you know, the projection and the audience. And, you know, because you have that space to be able to, to change it up for them. How does it affect both of you being what I suppose are historic old venues, mm. aren't they? They're old buildings, and I, and I would guess they're both listed in, in, in some uh, yeah. way, shape or form. Um, how does it affect you in terms of being able to develop 
the internal infrastructure to be able to, to develop certain you know aspects of the building itself whilst working with ultimately what is it an old quite an old-fashioned I building. mean I think for us we we can't do much structurally because we are grade two listed and and it's beautiful we don't want to do much um, structurally so again it's about the additions to that you know putting in in the screen that fits and the creative lighting that goes with it um, and yeah just that use of space for us and you know the character behind it the delegates don't want it changed you know and, and mm. which is lucky for us because we can't but it's <laughs> it's that backdrop already mm -hmm. there for them yeah very much the same it's uh, we have the actual well from the late 1600s that um, you can Balance. go and see so everybody loves to see it it's it's a, a talking point, it is a isn't talking it? It's point. nice to yeah. have those about your venue, I think, that, that talking point. Yeah, everybody wants to have a backstage tour. Everybody yeah, wants to see, you know, be on the stage. And so we really don't need to change the structure of the building yeah. that much to make it... Um, it's, it's quite versatile. There's a lot of... Even though it's there's been a theatre on the site since, like I said, the late 1600s, the front of house spaces are actually really innovative. And we have a lot of collapsible walls. We have a lot of different ways of changing the, um, the structure of the space. And we have a lot of different um, examples of how clients in the past have done that, which is yeah. really useful. So you can go back to that, can't you, as reference? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it so feeds into the client's imagination. Well, why don't we reference some of those? You know, give us some examples of some of the ways that the, the venues have been used in those creative ways and how they've adapted them. Um, are there any off the top of your head that you can think of that we can highlight to people? Absolutely. So we have um, a repeat client that's coming in um, later in the month and it's Council for Disabled Children. Um, so they had before, and they're repeating again, a, um, a mezzanine level front of house uh, reception, which means all of our walls are then taken away oh, wow. and there's really beautiful lighting and we have bowl food and canapé and it's for a completely different audience than we would normally have then for example our flamenco festival that's coming up <laughs> and we have um, uh, people coming in for um, you know ham and, and, and bread yeah. and, and their own wine and, and everything and that's lovely and then we had a um, no ordinary wedding come in and do a wedding fair on the uh, mezzanine level. So again, exhibition tables, and we had uh, people showing um, examples of first dances uh, that you could do. Fantastic. So we had everything from hip hop to, to tango <laughs> uh, in the space. So everybody just uses it for their own purpose. And it's really nice to see how versatile yeah, it is. Absolutely. I mean, for us, uh, we do a lot of work with the BBC, I think, for location and wise and things like that. And one of um, the BBC used the Great Hall um, for the live election debates one mm. of them that was yeah. there and they totally flipped the room round so the stage is very much the focal point of the room with the organ and you know it, it has stage seating and um, there but instead of using that for the speakers to stand on they stood they created a stage within the room on the floor and sat the audience on oh. the stage which was tiered and it worked really well and looked fantastic on camera you know and they had this beautiful backdrop of you know the whole of Westminster which looked great and, and great lighting to go with it and then we had Channel 4 event which was the telephone for the stand up for cancer and they literally again you can't physically change our building but they created three different studios within this one space so they could flip from one scene to another and it would look completely different and then still have a 2,000 people audience within that so you know it's just it's fantastic isn't it to see that end result for all the planning to then see the creativity behind it you just reminded me we had the BBC in for Young Dancer of the Year and yeah they completely 
completely changed the, amazing, yeah. um, the seating in the main house where they had judge, judges' tables. They also had an interview station that was by where a sound desk normally is, but they just removed all these seats and it looked like a completely it's different area. building a room within a room, it isn't it? It was so clever, yeah. yeah. We had um, another one was Anya Hindmarsh, who, um, uh, big fashion designer handbags, they did a catwalk mm. show with us for one of the um, London Fashion Weeks and they built sort of a, a square cube almost within the room and they suspended dance um, models and the handbags going down the <laughs> runway and then built tiered seating around it and it was, you, you know, that was built within the room so once mm. you went into that cube you again were not in the Great Hall and it, it just transformed it. We, we talk about the, the, the venues, you, you both said quite clearly that there's very little people um, can do in terms of changing, mm. changing the building, but ultimately they wouldn't come to your types of venue anyway if they wanted to change any aspect of it. Yeah. They're coming to it because of their character and because mm. of the nature of what the buildings are fundamentally. Um, is something like dry hire therefore sort of very much a thing of the past? Is it much more of a consultative approach to, to venue hire an event organization now where you have venues with their own in-house consultants helping perhaps design agencies who are helping with these creative elements mm. of it and working with the organizer as well is it is it more of a consultative approach rather than just phone rings yes we'd like to book the venue yeah. on this day thank you very much i think kelly mentioned it with that one stop shop mm. it's nice to have that and i yeah. think the clients like that they can come in for that meeting or that show round and have a member of the production yeah. have a member of the catering the event manager that will look after that on the day and i think that gives some real reassurance that anything is possible there and they we have the means to do it i don't know you know from your point of view i mean don't get me wrong we get plenty of workshops that we you know they make the initial booking and then they just come up on the day and it is pretty much a straight straight um, yeah sure you know, we have kids research just straight. around the corner yeah. and we have a really great relationship with them and, and CRI as well but when we do have those um, slightly more special um, the health foundation came for a screening they just had a series of videos uh, shot and they wanted to have a really special um, kind of old-fashioned Hollywood type of um, premiere so oh, we nice. put them in touch with the supplier of the popcorn machine and we got yeah we put them absolutely. in touch with the supplier for the furniture house so while we weren't necessarily making all of their uh, decisions nice to be able to give that offer to them absolutely and mm. people that we can thoroughly recommend and you know offer them a little bit more advice than they maybe would have had on their own having to go away and research it themselves yeah. which can mm. often be real time consuming if yeah. they've got to organize various offices across the country or even the world you know to, to be able to have us there to suggest that rather than them sit there and have to research it I think they really buy into not all of the, the, the guys listening to this episode um, if they are venue operators themselves they won't all have the luxury I suppose of having a, a beautiful central London venue mm -hmm. but it, it can they still take the same uh, similar aspects out of this um, should they be staying one step ahead of the organizers coming to them should be should they be constantly looking at the ideas like having suppliers of a popcorn machine or or making sure that they've got a portfolio of, of, of contractors available to, to be able to present yeah, them keeping that that solid base of, of suppliers that you know you can contact you know we all have it last minute events where you know you you've got those suppliers that are willing to accommodate that and you know keeping in touch with them seeing what things they're doing new you know we often with our production partners we want to go to their their vast warehouse that hangar size to see the new technology they're working with because it's it's that next step for us to look at what the client might want next or we can offer to give them a taste of what's coming next. I also think knowing your venue inside and out and Absolutely. knowing all of its 
um, attributes is yeah. really, really it's vital. Capabilities, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you may not think that this particular aspect is special or would be useful, but being able to make those connections and guide uh, the client in the best way possible, you you really don't need to have that much outside of your venue yeah. if you know it that well and you know they have confidence in and you. And understanding the limitations, you know, every venue will yes. have a limitation, and yeah. understanding that before that's picked up by the client to offer an alternative, so they they don't even see that that's a, a limitation. Managing expectations. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, managing expectations oh. is something that creeps into every aspect. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. uh, regardless of it, doesn't have to be the event industry. That's any business, isn't it? Managing yeah, expectations. So. But this is quite an emotional industry, I think, as well. Yeah. People really have yeah. a lot hanging on. And these they are invest a lot of their time oh, so and, much. and effort and thought into it. And don't sometimes they? these are mm. like a year, two years Absolutely. in the making, yeah, and yeah. people have so much invested. And uh, to be able to creatively um, suggest alternatives while not dashing hopes yeah. <laughs> yeah. is Absolutely. so important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and how have budgets changed? I know it's a, it's, it's a brutal thing to mention, mm. but fundamentally, every event is going to be driven by the budget that it has. Um, how easy or difficult is it to, to work within the confines of a budget in your in your own venues? And how difficult do you think it is as, as an industry to work with these people who are coming brilliantly with more creative ideas, but actually being able to fulfill some of that creativity within the budgets that they've got? Uh, I mean, I think budgets have, have come back, certainly, for, from what they were, um, you know, when we had the economic crash generally, which is nice. So they, they do have a little bit more of a budget to spend, but they do want that bit more for it. I mean, we all want everything for, for the budget, but mm. to be able to say, well, you can have this, but this also works. You know, you don't have to have, you know, the super duper all singing, all dancing to create a really good event and to, to create the visual effect or, you know, the, that feeling within the event within, you know, tight budget because we do have different, like you said, the charities will come and they still want a great event, but they're very much limited to what they can spend on. So it's, as we say, knowing what the limitations are and what their limitations are with their budget and be able to offer within that. Uh, what we found mo most uh, recently actually is uh, a lot with agencies, they keep on saying, so what else could you do? What's the plus one of this? Yeah. You know, what else could you offer? And it's always perceived Can value. Throw this so in. it's not necessarily how much is it worth, but how much would it be perceived to yeah. be worth to the client? And I think yeah. that's really important, especially, you know, we charge, say, for example, tech time. Um, that's not necessarily, you know, what uh, back to, which is the uh, industry um, union charges mm -hmm. but uh, we were able to make you know certain allowances we're able to nego ne negotiate within um, Sadler's Wells which is sure. really nice yeah. having all those different departments yeah. and, and you know kind of to being, speak to them oh, and say yeah. guys if we're, we're going to budge slightly can you guys exactly. budge slightly and it's that partnership within the venue to, to fit the client budget at the end of the day the flip side to all of this of course from where I see it, is going right back to the beginning of the conversation and engaging with what traditionally were non-creative mm -hmm. industries mm -hmm. who are now coming to your venues to be a bit more creative mm -hmm. is that perhaps 
they think that a lot of these thing elements are going to cost more than they actually do cost now because yeah. the reality is that the, the cost of screens for example and yeah. uh, uh, big screens and, and LED screens and stuff has come down dramatically hasn't it in the last four Absolutely. or five years yeah. so it's actually more accessible than some people may realise Absolutely yeah, yeah definitely yeah. and we get people who are constantly surprised at what they can achieve with actually not much more than what they yeah. would just in you know a, a hotel room for example Yeah, um, we get a lot of people saying oh this is we, what did we have? We had Sport England in the other day, and uh, we overheard someone say, so nice not being in a sporting venue. Yeah, it's yeah. so different. So good. And you know, they're all sports people, but being in a theater really helped ignite you know, some more thinking that maybe they wouldn't have had you know, we before. We in, in the hotel aspect. A lot yeah. of the conferences would have been in you know, the standard hotel setting, which is great, That's, yeah. you know, but we're, we're not that. Yeah. And it's being able to come in, you know, in, in the hotel, it's very much the AV is probably set on, it's inbuilt in the room, whereas our guys come in and build that set for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost their piece of, uh, they've created that, it's their creation rather than them walking in and that's there for them. Everything's custom made. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, they can put their own designs, their own logos in and, mm-hmm. and add their own technology, their own Q&A sessions within that technology. You know, Slido, for example, is something oh, yeah. we've used quite a lot recently. And that technology is not that expensive mm-hmm. for what it does. Mm-hmm. And it enables a 2000 audience to engage with that speaker where necessarily they wouldn't stand mm-hmm. up and, and grab the microphone. They can do it by their phones and that comes up on this big screen and, and their question will be answered. And, and that isn't that expensive for the client to be able to do. So, you know, again, that's looking at budgets and be able to fit everything the client wants within that. So, so, you, so you guys very much, it's not just the actual, uh, the, ser- the physical services that you're aware of as well but you are keeping an eye on things like apps and 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 the things that people can organizers can use and delegates can use and visitors can use to 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 keep um to keep interacting with events the increase in technology in the past couple years has been it's really interesting yeah yeah and people expect that you know wi-fi is not for example people isn't it yeah exactly Yeah, interaction, and it's that it's the whole way that you know, society's going anyway. You know, Twitter used to be like, oh, what is this? But you know, if you don't have it, you don't have a handle, then who are you? Yeah, yes. um, so yeah, we definitely need to keep on top of um, what's available now. But as we were saying before, um, what's happening in the future, and being able to offer those yeah. um, those options because that is part of the service as well. You mentioned the W word, Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> How have you both? adapted the venues because ultimately it's, it's a huge element isn't it now of any event regardless of the nature yeah, of the yeah. industry that that event is serving there has to be connectivity there has to be good connectivity now how have you yeah. both how have the respective venues developed over the last few years to offer that well we've got a designated it team that's run by a great head of it now um head of technology um kim wright and she's got a team that you know is designated dedicated in that building to ensure that everyone has connectivity Mm -hmm. because god forbid that goes down and you Mm -hmm. get the organizer you know but we can also um segregate it within the building have secure networks which particularly for us in where we are in westminster and some of the the government bodies that come in that's hugely important to them so Mm -hmm. we've invested a lot of time with the the it guys to ensure that different areas can be Mm -hmm. you know secluded from each other but also just ensuring that it's a strong network that people can access and access easily and quickly. In being a public venue we have a public uh, Wi-Fi that we always want people to be yeah, checking we in, this, we absolutely. want people, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just advertising for the mm. venue frankly, um, but we so, have 
um, a private events uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. We have a staff Wi-Fi. We have a tech. Yeah. We have we have so many different Wi-Fis, yeah. and yeah, it is it's essential that they're up. It's no longer an option. It has to be yeah. available. It's expected because it's not just for people's day to day needs to access uh, mm-hmm. uh, get online either, is it? it I mean, with, with some of these. Again, going back to non-creative industries, yes. you could be work, you could be hosting an industry event for an industry that requires high bandwidth or requires yeah. to stream yeah. stuff in from their own servers yeah. or yeah, whatever absolutely. it may be. Well, uh, for for example, we have um, on the first of March we have a change board, which is a they're doing an HR conference, and one of the aspects of the conference is they're having a, a rolling Twitter wall that's yeah, going. We've had that, yeah, yeah Twitter screen. So mm. the, and everybody's interacting. Obviously, there's a delay because yeah. <laughs> everyone just wants to see something naughty every once in a while yeah. that you have to you account have to have for. That person that's checking everything. Yeah. Oh, you, don't have, you have to have the administrator. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, because we're going to have 800 uh, members, you know, uh, who are going to be um, tweeting and going to be interacting, then yeah, our Wi-Fi has to be up to scratch. It, it, there's no question about it. And we had um, Web, who that's a massive. Um, tech conference and you to look at our venue you wouldn't associate a, a technology mm. conference and and them talking about what's coming in the future so for us it's key that all these yeah. services are on point yeah. and because we we have a venue full of tech wizards that god forbid anything does go they're going to pick that up in an instant and run know? with it absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. so it's just staying on top of it constantly to make sure that it's all up and running have you got to be careful in striking a balance when you meet an organizer, a potential client for the first time, in understanding very, very quickly where, and I mean this with the greatest respect, where their level is in terms of understanding oh, yeah. things like yes. connectivity, oh, like yes. Twitter walls, yeah. so that you're not bombarding them with loads of stuff that they think, hold on, I just don't understand this. Yeah. I think that comes from, from ourselves, isn't it? And that initial com- conversation, maybe researching them, what they do in, yeah. in in their companies and you know seeing what level of sort of AV they require and you can often gauge it from there but also taking along various people from various departments just in case yeah. that question comes up and I, I'm not tech that tech savvy but mm-hmm. you know I, I can answer a few questions but having those people there ready I think also coming um, I come from a theatrical background myself and so when I start saying things like Gobos, for example, mm-hmm. I have to remember that uh, somebody um, who works in insurance may not know what a gobo yeah. is, and so I have to do a lot of translation. But I feel like if I could bring the message across, then in simple terms, I, I am the yeah. layman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So if I can translate the yeah. IT or the tech uh, speak for the client, then we can. We and they re- feel yeah. reassured then that someone that isn't a, a, a tech you know dedicated person can explain that piece of technology to mm. someone who, who had like you say no idea as to what that was in the beginning and even it, even being able to explain what it does inevitably though there'll still be the question of well what, what will it, it do for yeah. me what will <laughs> yeah. it actually do for my yeah. and how important is it then to have good examples and, and a good understanding and the ability to reference quickly and simply yeah. what benefit that can actually bring visuals are so important yeah, for that absolutely. Um, and then also it for me, knowing uh, <laughs> one thing that I had to learn was that not everybody knows what I think they know, and mm-hmm. that sounds yeah. so simple, but it's not yeah. at all. So assuming that people know certain things is like the worst that you could do. I don't think people mind you 
telling them something they know. I think that also instills confidence that, oh, okay, they, they know what I'm talking about. And just literally having yeah. to explain how light works and physics. Yeah, <laughs> for us, we have a YouTube channel, so that's great to reference yeah. that, for them to go and go and have a look for yeah. yourself when you, when mm-hmm. I'm not here and mm-hmm. you don't think that, oh, I'm just filling you with a, a load of sales speak. You, they can actually go away and look at that yeah. and investigate it. Well, I'm going to ask how important it is from... Uh, you mentioned visuals, mm. and I've been onto a number of venue websites, two or three that I can think of off the top of my head, where I know for a fact I'm looking at pictures of an event that took place three or four years ago. Yeah, they don't have a gallery of up-to-date images. They don't. It's okay having archived pictures yeah. of, of yeah. events on there, but people really want to see as many different examples of as many different events and mm-hmm. how they've done it for inspiration, don't they? So, how much importance is there placed internally on making sure that you're capturing? visually and through things like video the types of events that are going on there and being able to translate that i think that's key and liaising with that client to know how much we can use after you know from that pr and Mm -hmm. marketing perspective and i mean for us we do have some good examples that that are live on tv that we can reference but also just some of the simple stage sets that are, are really really good but you know are a company that you wouldn't necessarily think that would allow you to use those images and you know and staying in touch with that organizer and saying look guys it was a great set we really like it Mm. do you mind and nine times out of ten they will say yeah that's fine as long as there's no important content that was on the screen but I think that's it's important to to keep in touch with those as you go along for our events team it's a it's sometimes difficult I'll be honest because we we're very small we only about four people and we're both sales and events and operations so we we do it all and so we try to keep up an Instagram account we try to keep up our own Twitter account it's very separate to the Sadler's Wells theater account Mm -hmm. Um, and so we we do know that we need to have more up-to-date examples but um, the examples we do have are really striking to be honest so maybe we um, can be a little bit um, um, lazy to be honest for not updating as much as we should but um, what we can offer what we do do is we have a lot of um, live examples so we have uh, not a lot of time in the th- main theater for example because we're obviously a working theater and there's rehearsals and dancers and that's part of the fun to be honest <laughs> um, but what we can do is we can have um, yeah half an hour with our head of tech and he can show you something absolutely spectacular but like oh right that, that's what it is and, and because everything is unique um, it is nice to have that yeah absolutely I think for us as well it's we like to get the videos of the beginning of the, the set builds yeah. a lot of the time sometimes ours will take a week to build hmm. so having that gradual step so that the client can see oh wow that, that creates that you know from start to finish of that sort of skeleton as it were to, to, to mm. the end result and I think they really appreciate that that you know, wow, that's been created. Um, we're, we're, we're running out of time quickly, but there is something that I want to ask for, uh, just, just before we wrap up, and that's the content that's actually available on your websites, on the venues, on a venue's website. And again, going back to not just pictures, but technical information, oh, yeah. um, downloadable documents mm-hmm. that, that give them things like what power there is, um, yeah. what the Wi-Fi is, mm-hmm. you know, all of this sort of technical information. Again, this seems to be a little bit hit and miss with venues, as to what level of information is accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, how much are you driven by what clients have said to you that they could or couldn't find via the website in order to, to then adapt and develop that? Yeah, I think for us, we've done a lot a lot of work, and that's our head of marketing, uh, Maria Schurz, that has done massive amounts of work on that. 
to we need to sort of stand out within Westminster. Um, there are so many beautiful venues in that area. So for us to really come to the forefront of that and be able to offer everything and for people to go onto that website and like you say, not have to make the phone call, can just grab that information so they're already armed with it mm. to then come and say, right, I know you guys do this. I know I want to put on this. And I think for us, you know, obviously I'm biased, it's my venue, but it's, it's, it's a good factual website. You know, it gives history of the venue, it gives example of events done, it gives our capabilities, our capacities in terms of, you know, the capabilities in terms of tech, our, our catering offer, you know, it's, it's there and it's, it's clear and it, there is downloadable that they can, you know, take mm -hmm. away with them to, to mm -hmm. have a look at. So, yeah, it's, um, same with us, have, bearing in mind the user's journey is so important because Absolutely. nine times out of ten people who come to Sadler Souls website, they're coming for show information. Right. You know, they're not necessarily, most people still don't even know that we do events, which is amazing. <laughs> um, and so when you do go into the event part of the website, then that's our realm and we try to make it just as straightforward as possible. There are downloadables of all of the tech spec, of all of the theaters, and to be completely honest, I don't understand all of them. They're very technical, but that's because we have a lot of companies who put on shows, for example, and they know. Um, and we just had a multi-million pound refurb a couple years ago, and all of our tech um, in the main house had been updated. And um, it was really nice to have that new information in, and sure. it means so much to a certain kind of client. But for conference clients, um, you just need to sift it out a little bit and, mm -hmm. and translate it and say, I know this looks like a lot of um, light information, but this is what it can do for you and sure. to show them what it can those be. Visuals, like you say, some people don't want to, to be bombarded with written down yeah. information. We did a Meet the Future, which was a huge success for us um, and is nominated at Event Live um, Awards. And that gives you an idea of what can be done within that space um, from our own conference that we produced. And it answers a lot of questions, you know, visually mm. for them. And ultimately, the more information you can give somebody from minute one, the, the 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 more detailed brief they can give yeah. you which helps you to then deliver the event that they want isn't absolutely. it absolutely yeah absolutely sometimes people have no idea what kind of event they want and that's fair enough and they need you to guide them They'll and pick things won't they yeah. i want that from say meet if you i want that from the bbc debate and it's and then it's putting that together to create a bespoke event for them within your space yeah absolutely or you know, sometimes they'll see something on stage that is from a German company that, <laughs> that was just coming through. And that's actually not our technology. So again, it's the managing the expectations and seeing exactly what they want to achieve, not how they achieve it. Do you get what I mean? Sure, it, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, what we'll do is when this uh, particular episode goes out, we will tweet uh, links to both the venues so that, that if anybody listening to this has got any questions, anything they'd like to contact you about directly, they can get in touch uh, via your Twitter handles. Um, you can listen to the Talking Events podcast by subscribing via iTunes. You can also watch it on the Event Industry News website. You can also subscribe to the Event Industry News YouTube channel uh, it leads me to say thank you to today's guests uh, lucy ray from central hall westminster thanks for joining us thanks for having me. kelly mcgibney from saddlers wells thank, thank you. you for joining us you've been listening to talking events mm -hmm.